Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? It's all relative. You know, I did not have the greatest week, but at least I'm not the captain of that container ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal two days ago. That's the definition of a bad week. (laughs) There's so many things about it that I don't understand. Um, It's choked off world trade. It's still there. They can't get it out. We don't know how long it's going to be there. They'll be probably be there three weeks from now. We'll still be talking about it. Okay. I I have a little more I want to talk to, but we'll do it after the intro. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews. Talking about the news. Beating back the blues. We made a podcast and news. Why? So we don't cry, come and join us for the ride. Welcome to No. Okay, so can you just tell the listeners like what actually happened? Because it's 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 in it's this the kind of story that's happening in in both very quickly and also in slow motion. Because yeah, so I don't I, I feel like ill equipped to handle this because one of these like mental blocks that I have is nautical information. Oh, I like, once I worked I once worked for a container ship company. <laughs> Did you know? Oh, that? so that's what this is. So you're you're the one who should be talking <laughs> about what know. happened. <laughs> Well, I know, I know what happened. Oh yeah, you did. It was, it was like a tech company that dealt with, yeah. Yes, exactly. But I don't know what actually happens within the containers. I just know how they get from one place to another. And I also know that a lot of it involves the Suez Canal, which to my question is, how is it 2021? And there's still only like one way to get, to get from the Indian ocean to the Atlantic ocean to the rest of the world. And how is there only one Panama Canal? And we bought, we built it like 120 years ago. Isn't it time for some more canals? Some progress canals (laughs) or like, like just sort of low flying vehicles. Yeah. I mean, we're still like, what is this? The 1820s and we're like stressing over the Erie Canal like I mean is- <laughs> we have no we are garbage we have no progress <laughs> this is terrible and but what I don't understand okay so the the ship was headed to the Netherlands from China and it was filled with the containers were all filled with stuff was to- it too filled was that the problem was it like overly overladen with lading I think that became the problem. It wasn't initially the problem. The problem was that there was a sandstorm in Egypt Over and the, the water. Winds, I, this is very incomprehensible to me, but the winds shifted this um this ship off course and it ran aground. How do you run aground? <laughs> right, isn't a canal, in a canal like there's like walls, right? Right. Think, it's right? not like it gets shallow. Well, I saw this side. picture of this like row of tugboats trying to push it, and I'm like, I can tell you right now, honey, that ain't gonna work. Like, no, <laughs> you don't need to be like a engineer <laughs> or like a fluid fluid dynamic engineer. <laughs> But I just, I mean, there's so many confusing elements, but how do you, I just don't know how you run aground when you're a container ship. I don't know. It's no way to run a canal. That's no yes. way to run a canal. And call, then there was a call map. us, call us, call, <laughs> call us. We us. will we'll run the canal. For you. But did you see the map? There was like this confusing path that the container ship took, and it was the. How many paths was, are there? It's a fucking canal. <laughs> it's like it, a, it, one way in and one way out. Right? It had to like turn around. It was like maneuvering. It's not like a easily maneuverable vehicle. But in Vice, they had a map <laughs> of all of the paths it took, and it traced an image. Of like a dick pic 
basically. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not see. Of like the captain? Like No, what? the the map of like the dots of like where the boat Oh, it looks went like a, before... it looks like a dick pic. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, it, okay. <laughs> it's like a Rorschach test. You saw what you wanted to see, I guess. Okay. No, it's, it's, no we'll, it's we'll keep you posted. I'm sure we'll be talking about this next week. Yes. Uh, Rachel, what, what was going on in your life this week? Um, yeah. So last week, uh, I talked about how I said on Twitter that cancel culture was not a thing. And I got attacked by all these right wing lunatics lunatics were calling me like a handmaiden to socialism and worse. And this week I've enraged the other side and I've been called a Karen and portrayed as a member of the Ku Klux Klan. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I Wait, contain what, multitudes. What? We all contain multitudes, but this <laughs> is right. Right. We are all more than just one thing. And yeah, it's like, was this a reaction to the same tweet or was this a new tweet that you managed to? It was a new out? tweet. Yes, it was a new tweet. So what happened was that I tweeted an article in the Atlantic by uh, Caitlin Flanagan, and it was her take on the Meghan Markle interview with Oprah. But that was the and first that was the first one. That was the one that got you the right wing trolls no this got me the left wing trolls oh okay continue please <laughs> so I'm, no, I'm no the following. one that got me the right wing trolls was when i said on twitter that cancel, oh, cancel culture was not, a, not thing. a thing got it okay yeah continue. Yes. so this was i just posted this article by caitlin flanagan which i liked it was about the Meghan markle interview and it was funny she took shots at everybody like no one was spared the duke the duchess the monarchy the royal family she made fun of Megan's uh, statement that she never Googled Prince Harry and <laughs> talked about the rescue chickens and said that Harry looked like a red. I, I laughed. I thought it was funny. So I tweet that um, this is a classic article. And suddenly my mentions are lit up by people calling me a typical entitled so-called feminist who's really a racist. Um, there was this professor from the University of Indiana who was like typical Karen. You must be proud of yourself. And then this this um, sort of right wing feminist. Uh, I forget her. Susanna Hoff Summers. Is that her name? Susanna Hoff's from the Bengals. No, maybe I'm confusing. <laughs> or Christina Hoff Summers. <laughs> Right. Walk like an Egyptian. This is more walk like a conservative. She like jumps in to defend me. I don't want her defense. And she's like, calls this professor at the University of Indiana a mansplaining scold. And then like I get pictured. There's like a, a photograph of three Klansmen wearing hoods. And oh someone God. says, this is Caitlin Flanagan, Christina Hoff Summers, and Rachel Dodes. And I'm like, one of these people is not like the others. Like, right. And do you know those people? I'm, I'm, no, I've never met them. I don't know them. I liked an article, right? So I, I tried to like engage with some of these people and I found it no, helpful. Never some, no, it was. Some of them were reasonable and we had like a good dialogue. And in other cases, they just wanted to like dismiss me as like an awful Karen. And then... The next day, I saw we got a one-star rating on our podcast. Don't take from, it out on me, on us. I like, know. Like, what did you have to do with this? You didn't do I'm, anything. I'm collateral damage. I was you just are. shopping in the supermarket. So that's, that's too soon. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So this person gives me gives us a one-star review, and the review says that I called the person's brother a racial slur that I would never say. So I was like, what recourse do I have? I called my friend who works at 
Apple? He was like, I have no idea. Like, (laughs) this is not my area. So I reached out to Apple to try to get the review removed. Um, But, you know, it's ridiculous. It's not like I gave a five-star review on Goodreads to Mein Kampf. I liked an article that was in the Atlantic. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry about your week. That sounds far worse than what happened to me. It was horrible. It was horrible. What happened to you? Oh, well, nothing happened. This is something that happened to me 15 years ago, but I have a long lead into it. So, so, um, So, Rachel, if I were to ask you if you had one question about Meatloaf, the musical artist, what would the one question about Meatloaf oh, be? Oh, it's so obvious. It's what is the one thing that he won't <laughs> do for love? I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. His famous song from 1993 was number one in 28 countries, and everyone was asking then and to this day, what is the that? What is what is it? What can <laughs> the, it be? The only clue we have is that at one, I mean, we all kind of assumed it was, you know, up to butt and <laughs> <laughs> right i mean come on i i guess Obviously. but like <laughs> wait but the only thing he's ever said is that it's not up the butt like it's something else which is only even more intriguing it takes it up a notch so now he's gonna make us work to find out the answer to this question right his music career is dead <laughs> So go where the money is. Just say it. Just so, tell us what it he wrote. This so there's a new reality show in development called I Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, in which, I quote the pitch, couples compete in a variety of comedic physical games designed to reveal how they can work together and how much they really trust and believe each other, all to a soundtrack of classic hits. Um, and okay, so I guess... Uh, you know, we're going to have to work. By the way, you know, that song, I Could Do Anything for Love, was written by, like, classic hit maker Jim Steinman. Of course, I know this, right? Who wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart. And if you listen oh. to them side by side, they're kind of the same song, actually. Um, oh. And he also wrote My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. And basically any of those bombastic songs from the 80s and 90s, he wrote all those songs. Anyway, so we have to watch the show to figure this out. And to but wait, I, I say, don't care what these contestants <laughs> won't do for love. I only care what Meatloaf well, won't do. Right. But I said, this is a show we do not need. This is no. I do not want to know this badly. The, the, I don't know. What, like, no one asked for this much Meatloaf content in 2021. This isn't a show. <laughs> this is like a tweet or a text. Text us, Meatloaf, right, and right. save yourself the trouble. But then he wouldn't get a Netflix contract out of Yeah, I guess so, so. So here's my personal story part of it. So I have a semi-personal meatloaf encounter of you course. just the queen meatloaf <laughs> right, I left Trump. Out. <laughs> there's no end to my trove of, i didn't even give you my madonna story ever when i ran into her literally i'll save that for another day but um yeah so i went to bill clinton's inauguration in 1996 and there's a whole long story that's for another day that I went to the swearing-in ster- ceremony in the Capitol steps, and I actually dropped and lost my inaugural ball tickets. And of some, some couple, yeah, some classic <laughs> Brian, right? <laughs> <laughs> and some couple from the north, uh, from the Midwest, found it and looked me up in the phone book, like the white pages, and called multiple hex and found me. And then I went and retreated from them from like a Holiday Inn, and I got my inauguration ball tickets. And cool. uh, I took Stacy Schultz, who's a listener yeah. and my one of my dearest friends, and we went and we walked in to the ball, 
and um, they were playing like the DJ was playing. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> a, oh. a, a perfect song for an inaugural ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you think it's Bill Clinton, actually, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe it is. And, Subliminal, uh, yeah. Right. I said, oh, my God, I can't believe the DJ is playing meatloaf and and stacy goes no that is meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that meatloaf was playing live he was the the star he was the dj <laughs> no he was playing live he was the star oh, he was singing <laughs> he was the star attraction Okay. At the inaugural ball. So there you go. I, I didn't meet him. Al Gore showed up and danced with Tipper. Um, there were a lot of inaugural, like each state or group of states has an inaugural ball. There can't be, there's no longer yes. just one, right? So this was the DC, et cetera, one. So Al Gore and Tipper made an appearance. They danced not to, I would do anything for love, especially given uh, the prudishness of Tipper Gore. Right, um, yeah. I bet you didn't hear that song. So anyway, that's my, that's my meatloaf what a, story. What a strange story. I wish that you had asked him. We, we wouldn't, could would have, have precluded this whole business. No, he was, he was uh, you couldn't get to him. He, there were too many fans. <laughs> he was busy. Okay. He, was, he was busy doing that. <laughs> But not for love. Okay, let's move on to the notes. Okay. This is, there have been some notes okay. embedded in oh, all this front matter. So, okay, oh, yes. Rachel, go ahead. What do you got? Okay. So who among us can ever forget Sidney Powell, the Trump lawyer who promised to release the Kraken in the wake of the 2020 election? She was going to prove that the Dominion voting machine company was changing votes. Then it was all a scam started by Hugo Chavez, who is dead. Um, but then, like, she kind of slipped away after the election and then after Twitter banned her. Um, but she's resurfaced uh, because she was sued for defamation by Dominion voting machines seeking $1.3 billion in damages. <laughs> Which Good I'm for sure them. she has. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Stashed this, away in her mattress. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, they always ask for more than they can get. <laughs> a little and, more. <laughs> and, uh, she has $1.2 billion. So this week she, um, she unveiled her legal strategy to fight these charges. And um, it was very interesting, I think. Um, so you might think that someone like Sidney Powell is a true believer. She would stand in her truth. She would use this opportunity. Double down. Yeah. Double down. Release the crack and dazzle us with this evidence of voter fraud that you have gathered in this extra time that you've had since. This. Well, yeah, they were always asking for one more day, one more day. And now she's had like three months and I'm still <laughs> and waiting. Bring, yeah. bring it on. On, right we're ready but no um her legal team's defense is that no reasonable person would ever believe one word she said <laughs> <laughs> so they filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit saying given the highly charged and political context of the statements it is clear that powell was describing the facts on which she based the lawsuits she filed in support of president trump indeed Plaintiffs themselves characterize the statements at issue as wild accusations and outlandish claims. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So she's basically pleading temporary insanity, like she was caught up in the frenzy and she couldn't help what she said. I don't think it's temporary. and I think it's permanent insanity. <laughs> it's virtual insanity. Jamiroquai. Yes, Jamiroquai. <laughs> 
virtual and actual. So like, so she's basically saying that these claims were um, made up out of whole cloth for frivolous lawsuits that she well, filed. Now that, now that she's facing financial ruin, of course, she's going to grasp at whatever straws she can conjure up. Fine, but if that's the only straw she has, and if that's the case, then she should forfeit her license to practice law immediately before even entering the courtroom to defend herself. Wait, so and also, is she, yeah, so go ahead, yeah. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, is she, so is she saying that she was like putting the whole thing in quotes? Like, this is crazy, but I'm gonna, like Trump does, but I'm gonna repeat what the crazy people say, and that's why it sounds so crazy. Is that what she's saying? That's not what I gather. I think that they're just saying she was representing Trump. He's crazy and had these wild beliefs. And she was just saying what her client wanted her to say. And these claims will be discovered through the courts. But that's yeah. not no. what the courts are meant to do. We like, played the clips. Right. The courts, you're not supposed to just like go out and make wild claims and file lawsuits and tie up the courts in verifying your claims. Like this no. is a frivolous They're not private lawsuit. investigators. That's not their no. job. No, and it's notable that her team is basically agreeing with Dominion <laughs> and everybody else who said that the election was fair, right? They're, yeah, they're, well, now, yeah, now that she has personal, uh, personal, you know, stake in the game, of course, she's, she'll say the truth because that's what defense, the truth is going to set her free, except it won't. She'll hopefully be in jail. Well, there's there is precedent for this. Tucker Carlson used oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought you, Tucker Carlson is not of authority on legal. On like no, precedent. I know, but when he was sued by Karen McDougal, the yeah. Trump, the Playboy model, um, for defamation, he his lawyers basically said he's an entertainer. Nobody should believe he's always telling the truth on his show, and the courts ruled in his favor. But the the problem is that you know Sidney Powell is not an entertainer. <laughs> Her. She's a lawyer. A lawyer. <laughs> so it just it, I, I just don't think it carries the same weight. And the pro the bigger problem is that <laughs> these claims say that no pr reasonable person should believe anything Sidney Powell says. But the thing is that because of the things that Sidney Powell said, people believe them. Polls show that as many as three quarters of Republicans believe there was widespread fraud in the 2020 election. And a January Washington Post ABC News poll showed that more than six in 10 Republicans believed that there was a solid evidence for Trump's claims of rampant fraud. So these conspiracies do have consequences. And I know that this lawsuit is serious and has implications for whether political conspiracy theories are protected speech or not. And I feel like, no, like these political conspiracy theories should not be protected. And I hope she fucking loses and is on the hook for $1.3 billion and loses her law license. And she should also really be in jail. Right. And I also think part of her sentence should be she should have to get up and make a public statement that the election was free and fair and that she is full of shit. Yeah. Don't in fact, I would forfeit the other things for her to say that. Yes. Like, I just yes. want her to say that. That's it. Yeah. And I want everyone That's else it. to say that. Yeah. Okay. Very so good. Nope. <laughs> nope to <laughs> the Kraken. <laughs>
Okay. I have a related. I mean, I we've we've gone a few weeks without mentioning the election or the insurrection or any of the. Uh, it'll amb- keep bubbling ambient. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be back. So unfortunately, the the echoes are back in this item. So you know, if you remember, after Trump was kicked off Twitter, he said like, "Oh, I wouldn't want to be on any of these platforms anyway. Like, I don't even want to be on social media." But for someone who said that, he sure is trying hard to get back on social media. So as early as January. Um, if you remember Brad Parscale, who we've covered extensively, tried to buy <laughs> Parler, which was the right wing nut job like version of Twitter, um, and he wasn't able to do that. And then Parler got like banned from everything also. Then there's this other one called Gab, G-A-B. Oh, that's uh, like the real garbage of the garbage. Right, it's like right. In fact, G- G-A-B stands for garbage. I yes. Think. <laughs> so apparently they deployed Jared Kushner uh, to go <laughs> make an offer to them to... For Gab? Uh, for, yeah, well, for Trump to go on to Gab uh, in exchange for equity in Gab. And... You know, it was like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. But then the the founder, Andrew Torba, promptly refused it. Um, and so, <laughs> so, <you can. laughs> so it's an offer you can refuse. He said, no, the second it was brought up, it, I said, no, I'm not entertaining that. And they offered to buy it. And he said, Gab's not for sale. There's no amount that would get me to sell. Zero. No amount? No he amount. do anything for love, but he won't do, <laughs> don't do that. I would do anything for love, but I won't sell Gab. (laughs) Okay. Then this week, Jason Miller uh, was on Fox News to say that Trump is going to launch his own social media network in the next two to three months, which is going to be, quote, the hottest ticket in social media. Okay. This Uh, is is BS if I've ever heard it. This man doesn't know how to start anything. All he knows is how to destroy shit. Into the band, into the ground, right. And that it was going to be run by one and only Brad Parscale, which- Brad Parscale, who we last saw him (laughs) naked on the curb. With his pants being arrested for for attacking his wife, right? Yes, with like several weapons being carried out of his home. Yes, and we and thought then he that went to a mental institution, right? Yes, but he's back now. We can't he's hold back. it. He's, be- he's better. I'm sure he's 100 better. He's on his meds. I'm sure he's totally fine. <laughs> Um, but then just hours before this podcast is recording now, I got breaking news uh, from Axios, um, who said that um, Dan Scavino, who's like the digital communications guy for Trump, yes. had been um, approaching, quote, no name app vendors in an effort to buy one of them to turn it into like Trump tweet Twitter. Um, and he had focused his efforts in on one called free space, which sounds promising. It sounds like a libertarian, like almost like a parlor, right? So you buy Uh. that, you know, okay. But upon further investigation, it's a little surprising what free space actually is. It bills itself as being quote, backed by science to positively reinforce good habits and make the world a better place. Um, hmm. Yeah, so a perfect match for the Trump agenda. <laughs> yes. right? What could possibly <laughs> reinforce good habits, great habits, the best habits. And then you dig deeper, corporate, and it turns out it's affiliated with something called Skylab Apps. What is Skylab Apps? It is a community for coaches, trainers and quote social fusion for free thinkers athletes and entrepreneurs 
Okay. <laughs> the obvious constituency. <laughs> for, for Trump speech. Free thinkers and athletes. <laughs> and on the, the ads on free space and on the Skylab apps are for Skylab's other businesses, which include ads for frozen yogurt <laughs> that they own, mm -hmm. IV therapy, <laughs> and diesel exhaust fluid. <laughs> These are all businesses that this Under app the same corporate <laughs> umbrella as free space. Wow. I mean, I feel like when they say... <laughs> It's good to diversify your holdings. <laughs> they did not mean that. <laughs> and vertically integrated. And it's like a it's like a one company accelerator. Like we should they should I should look at companies that come out of there. I mean <laughs> diesel exhaust fluid. Like, what even is that? Is it is no. it fluid that's made out of diesel exhaust or is it Fluid that you put into a diesel engine to do something with the exhaust? Or is it like the organic, like biofuel? But why would it have exhaust in it then? And what does frozen yogurt <laughs> and IV therapy have to do? Do they then make frozen yogurt with the... Out of the exhaust. <laughs> exhaust. I, we have the best frozen yogurt, but you just need to know one thing about it. It's made from diesel exhaust. And if you want to skip the frozen yogurt, you could just get an IV and we'll pump it directly into your veins. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? It's a perfect business plan. Come to me. I'll fund you. I'll fund you. Okay. Uh, but there's still, there's still a few problems. They have nowhere to host it because Amazon Web Services isn't hosting any of these things. There's no app store to download it on after Trump takes it over because he's banned from that as well. This is just dumb. And then on top of all of this, Bernie Sanders came out today and said that he's, whatever, quote, troubled by the the permanent ban of Trump from Twitter. He thinks he should be let back on some at some point. I'm troubled that he's <laughs> even talking about that. There's bigger like, things. What's going to happen? Trump's like, going to turn over a new leaf. He's going to grow into the ex-presidency the way he grew into the presidency. Who cares? <laughs> like he's he's nobody and this is nothing and we need to move on, you know? Okay, then no, <laughs> shut it down. No. No, Bernie. God, okay. that's very disappointing. Free space. If you have an if you have a podcast distribution platform, please include us. On Think it. about <laughs> us. Five stars. Rate us five stars only. We'll endorse fans. your, your fans diesel of your work. Fuel. Okay, shut it down. No, Rachel, go ahead. No. So I've been dying to talk about this. So it's a story that started out as a relatively straightforward tale of food contamination, but it's turned into something much bigger. So there's We used a guy to do named... a lot of these. Remember in the early days when there was like Chipotle contamination? That's when the bar yeah, was, that was when the, Yeah, the bar was lower for nopes. Like yeah. the very fact that there was like contaminated romaine was sufficient for us to do a segment. Now that's like table We covered space. the contaminated romaine so many times. Every time there was an outbreak, we so were take, on it. So you're going to take it up a notch now. Yeah. So this is, this is uh, very unusual. So there's a guy named Jensen Karp. He's a 41 year old writer and comedian in Los Angeles. And he used to rap under the name Hot Carl. And Jensen Karp loves Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's his favorite cereal. He <laughs> even- is, This is quite even... a setup. I know a lot about Carl already. Is he single? Yeah. <laughs> 
though he's married. Um, he's married to a woman named Danielle Fischelkarp, who played Topanga on the 1990s sitcom Boy Meets oh, World. Oh, wow. Oh, she's famous. Yeah. Hey, okay. Exactly. Okay. So he loves Cinnamon Toast Crunch so much that he even <laughs> owns a pair of special edition Kyrie Irving Cinnamon Toast Crunch Nikes. Okay. Oh, okay. So like he's hardcore. And so it will come as no surprise to anybody that he buys his Cinnamon Toast Crunch in bulk. He got his at Costco, goes home, opens the bag, eats a bowl, pours himself a second bowl, only to find a couple of cinnamon encrusted shrimp tails. <laughs> Mixed in with the cereal. Brian, had you heard about this at no, all? Or no, no, okay. no. I've been working a lot the last week. Okay. I missed this. Okay, story. well, I'm glad because it's it's very interesting. There's a lot of ins and outs. So he's <laughs> alarmed by this. And, um, you know, he decides to send a photo to his wife to make sure he's not losing his mind. So he sends it to his wife, Danielle Fischl Carp. Um, so we've got a, a guy named Carp. His wife is named Fischl, <laughs> and they're dealing with aquatic theme here. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's the life, a, the life aquatic. Yes, <laughs> yes. So just to set the tone, and so Danielle Fischl Carp um, tells her husband he's not going crazy these are indeed shrimp tails <laughs> wait, in your cinnamon wait, toast wait. He needed, it's like identifying the body he needed like a second person he was just like to identify I, that they were in like, fact what? shrimp tails and he not cinnamon like, toast crunches are he they was just kind of like he was so startled he was like what what should i do like <laughs> And so she said, report it to General Mills, and which is the right thing to do. So he fills out one of those online forms on the website and they're like, oh gosh, we're so sorry. We'll refund the box, whatever. And while this is going on, he decides to also post a photo on Twitter of the shrimp tails next to his cinnamon toast crunch. And that's when things got weird because it was suddenly a branding problem for big cinnamon toast right <laughs> it's not like big pharma and big tech yes. big cinnamon toast right so privately they're like talking to this guy and they're being apologetic to jensen carp and the customer's always right blah 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 but once he tweeted and that tweet went viral they posted a public statement from the cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> handle that said after further investigation with our team <laughs> that closely examined the image it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended wait, we assure so, you there's wait, no possibility of cross-contamination with wait, 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 wait. i have a lot of questions here so so basically, the molecular structure of whatever coats cinnamon toast crunch, which I'm sure is neither cinnamon nor whatever, um, naturally takes the form of shrimp tails when it coagulates. Number one, when it crystallizes, it's a crystal <laughs> that has that molecular Property. formation. <laughs> okay. Number two, I have a hypothesis, which is that perhaps cinnamon toast crunch is being transported from China on a freight ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal and got where it contaminated. got contaminated with shrimp, <laughs> with Egyptian shrimp. But it would still be there is the problem. It would oh, not be in Los been. Angeles Well, yet. we're about to get an onslaught of shrimpy cereal. <laughs> shrimp <laughs> Yeah. So, so basically, so cinnamon toast crunch puts out this statement and they're like, after further investigation, blah, blah, blah. Like it's not 
shrimp and Jensen Carp is then infuriated and he like posts the tweet responding saying okay well after further investigation with my eyes these are cinnamon coated shrimp tails and I wasn't that mad until you're tr- until you tried to gaslight me right, right. so <laughs> <laughs> so then a friend of Jensen sees this all unfolding on Twitter and calls him and advises him to go back into the bag of cereal to see what other treasures await. There's scallops, which... <laughs> mussels, oysters. Swordfish. It's like a, uh, a t- what do they call that in the restaurant with the tears of seafood? Oh, right. It's like a, a you know, whatever. whatever. Right. Yeah. The thing. I don't know. <laughs> A raw bar. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Cinnamon bar. <laughs> so he goes back in the bag and he investigates. And, you know, they say, seek and ye shall find. <laughs> and so he sees some more like shrimp shells. There's a small string. There's something <laughs> that looks like a pistachio nut. <laughs> It's a potpourri. It's it's hit their hidden delights. It's like when they would have the cracker jack with the hidden toy inside. This is just <laughs> hidden shrimp and other matter. Some organic, some otherwise. Yes. And so then he noticed at the bottom of the bag there was like a small black piece embedded in some of the squares. And that's when he started to panic that the black pieces embedded in the cinnamon toast crunch were rat droppings. And so he freaks out and calls poison control and they tell him that he should send. (laughs) (laughs) They tell him he should send the cereal to a lab. (laughs) Because he has nothing better to do than to, this is like Sidney Powell sending the... (laughs) Her like wild no. claims to the Supreme Court, right? She's, he's, no, this is now his actual... job. This is his job now. But he he really does have nothing better to do because what does he do? He gets in his car and he takes the cereal to Quest Diagnostics. <laughs> and they're like, they, they're they're like get fork- the fuck out of here. You're not a cereal. <laughs> like where you get your blood work done. So that was that was a false start. <laughs> okay, and so meanwhile, General Mills is asking him to send him the the cereal so that they can test it, but he doesn't trust them. So no. he'll he he agrees to send them one of the shrimp tails, and the other one he like he found a scientist who's gonna like test its DNA and find out the exact like species of shrimp that it is and and where it came from. And so, okay, so there's, so that's good. There's a few things that are very interesting about this story when you step back. The first thing is the carp and fish thing. The second thing is people's reaction to this. Like some people were actually like excited about the shrimp in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch and they started, you know, releasing viral Like it's a bonus, like not only, (laughs) you pay a lot of money for shrimp, like at a buffet. Right. So they were like grinding up cinnamon toast crunch and making shrimp tempura and posting videos on Twitter and YouTube and TikTok. And then there were all these people on the other side. It was very like divided, the reaction to this. Then there were like the people on the other side freaking out. Not that there were shrimp tails in a box of cinnamon toast crunch, but that cinnamon toast crunch is not kosher anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because 
Passover's coming up. People are thinking a lot about that, but it's not even regular kosher. Beyond yeah, well, Passover. cinnamon toast crunch is not tasadika anyway, because it's right, but weed, it, but because right? it, it's weed, but it's it's normally kosher. Okay, good. Okay, right. Okay, and then there were people freaking out about the implications for people with allergies. Like there was one woman on Twitter who was like, "I need to call my mother and go to her apartment and take away the cinnamon toast crunch because she has a shellfish allergy," which is That's like, a real thing. Yeah. But like, do they really think that this is going to be in every box of cinnamon toast crunch? <laughs> you never like, know. <laughs> if it's in one, it could be in them all. <laughs> One all bad, right, but, one bad apple. <laughs> I guess like to me, I was like, this is just a very weird story. I cannot get my head around what is so weird about it. But I think the, the wait, thing you about do, it. No, no, wait, you do not have to work hard <laughs> to figure out what's so weird about it. No, I but just the, wet. I just wet myself hearing about this story <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> no, but but there's the thing that was weirder to me is that there's anybody in Los Angeles in this day and age who even eats cinnamon toast crunch. Like this is a cereal that was introduced in the early eighties. It is not gluten-free. It has tons of sugar. It's like all sugar. It's not organic. It's not even vegan. So, I mean, I guess like if you're going to eat cinnamon toast crunch in this day and age, when we have all this knowledge about what's healthy, you need to like expect some shrimp and some string and some pistachios, some tree nuts. Right. (laughs) That's probably what, that's what I think happened here. General Mills is like, well, these people who are still (laughs) eating this cereal are obviously garbage monsters. Bucks and- <laughs> they have no standards. Let's throw in some shrimp tails. We've, got these, we've got these shrimp tails sitting around. What are we going to do with them? Just throw them in the cinnamon. Coat them with crunch. cinnamon. <laughs> put them in. Let's see what happens, right? So, um, but there's an interesting coda to the story that just was unveiled today, and it's Yo. developing. Jensen Carp, in addition <clears throat> to being a serial heretic, he is also a serial abuser of oh. ex-girlfriends and is now embroiled in his own Me Too scandal. On oh, Twitter. this is a dark turn here. It's a dark turn, yes. So it started today with a woman named Melissa Stetton who tweeted, what you may not know about the man behind the viral post is that he's a manipulative, gaslighting, narcissistic ex-boyfriend who once told me he was surprised I hadn't killed myself because my life was so worthless. And then all these other exes came out of the woodwork to say that this man is psychologically abusive. He's basically the worst person they ever met. So it's a troubling story. And um, at least it has a horrifying ending. (laughs) It's nuanced. It's a nuanced story. Yeah. I believe, I believe, I believe Topanga, whatever Topanga says. (laughs) Whatever Topanga says. Because she's seen all sides of the story. She's seen him as a boyfriend. (laughs) She's seen him as a shrimp victim. (laughs) Like we could, we could all be more than one thing. <laughs> right. So I need to hear her side before, before okay. weighing in. No, but shut so, it down. No, that no, was, that no. was one of the longest notes we've ever done, but it was a hundred percent worth it because that was yeah. the most fun I've it had was in, in months, in months. Okay. I'm not going to be able to live up to that, but I do have another food related item here. Um, we've been talking about a lot, like during the pandemic, pandemic, there's all these new ways, new ways of cooking. There's like I'm yes. into air frying now. There's the instant pot. I Everyone's got you into air frying, right? Yeah, Did totally. I? Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I got one. I love it now. Yeah. So there is a new innovative way to cook chicken, specifically chicken. And this all started as crazy <laughs> things do on Reddit. Uh, okay. With the following very, um, very innocent question. Uh, if 
I guess a little weird. If kinetic energy is converted into thermic energy, like law of thermodynamics or whatever that is, how hard do I have to slap a chicken to cook it? Oh, interesting. Right. Okay. Okay. So a physics major, I guess an <laughs> undergraduate named Parker Ormond weighed in and he wrote the following. <clears throat> The formula for converting between kinetic energy and thermal energy is one half mv squared equals mct. The average I human... knew that at one time. Sure you did too. <laughs> yeah, the average human hand weighs about 0.4 kilograms. The average slap has a velocity of 11 uh, whatever m per second, 25 miles an hour. An average rotisserie chicken weighs two pounds and has an, a specific heat capacity of 2720 uh, joules per kilogram times c, whatever that is. And let's assume the chicken has to reach 400 degrees Fahrenheit for us to consider it uh, cooked. Now, the chicken doesn't have to be that, whatever. The chicken will start off frozen at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. To cook the chicken in one slap, you would have to slap it with the velocity of 3,725 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which is, prob which is problematic because the Earth only rotates at 1,600 miles per hour. <laughs> So to your point, he then concludes by saying, if you do succeed, however, you will not only cook the chicken, but also decimate its entire structure, causing a violent <laughs> explosion. <laughs> okay. And if you go on Twitter, there is a computer simulation of this that someone took the trouble to make of <laughs> such an experiment. But so that might seem to have closed off that avenue of slapping a chicken to cook it. But well, where there's a will, there's a way. So maybe if you lightly spank the chicken, not all in one go, many times you could get the same effect. And there's this like urban myth going around that you would have to, <laughs> to slap a chicken 23,034 times to cook it. And okay. that's oddly specific. It's obviously theoretical. Nobody has done it. But that, that created a challenge video on YouTube which prompted dozens of idiots to sit there slapping chickens uh, <laughs> to try to cook it to no avail, oh which sounds like a sexual metaphor, but it's not. They're literally slapping the chicken, um, <laughs> which led me to multiple long videos that I watched all of. Um, and there's a particular guy named Louis Weiss, a young guy who makes like engineering videos where he tries to do weird things with engineering. It's a 15 minute video and he built a device called the Meat Beater 9000. And basically it's this like hand going up and down that slaps a chicken and it's connected to an engine. So he set it up and he moved it up from like five slaps per second to 15 slaps per second. And sure mm -hmm. enough, the temperature started going up. It started at 62 degrees and he got it up to 90 degrees, the chicken, which is not That's nothing. still dangerous. <laughs> still <laughs> I was like, eat it at that point. It's still raw chicken, but it's progress. <laughs> And progress then, it's right, like yeah. it's okay okay and then the machine like exploded because it couldn't take the pressure <laughs> too much pressure like I mean, emotionally like it just, yes, it's like i can't deal with this i can't live up to your expectations 
engineer. <laughs> Louis Weiss, right? Okay. Um, and then he did another version of it that was much more sophisticated. It looked like the Lord, Lord, uh, the Large Hadron Collider. Like there was like okay. a tube. Yeah, and a hair I knew dryer. that's where we were going. I had a feeling <laughs> <laughs> someone was going to go. Given there. that you and I have a long history with the Large Hadron, Large Collider Hadron Collider, and yes. the Bose, his Higgs Bose, whatever. Higgs Boson, um, yeah. Right. So he tried it again with this collider, and it, he got it to 123 degrees, which is still raw, but closer. But uh, how much energy is being expended <laughs> in this process? Probably more than could cook like a thousand chickens. The point right? is, no, the point, no, it's the this exact amount. This is an environmental of, no, catastrophe. <laughs> it's having a negative impact on climate change. No, that's the whole point is that the energy expended, the, the kinetic energy becomes the thermal energy which cooks the chicken so it's the exact amount in and out no but didn't they have to have a motor running the slapping machine yeah but that's all part of that's all that all part of the equation okay (laughs) i don't know (laughs) what do i look like a fluid dynamic engineer Okay. I, I can't get the Suez Canal working. Um, so this one got the temperature up to 123, and then it broke again. Um, but once that happened, they showed the chicken, and it was a little bit cooked at this time. He actually showed, like, it was a little brown, but it was also, like, pulverized. Um, <laughs> of course. Like, what would you expect? This isn't, like, a good technique. No, it, having been slapped, like, tens of thousands of times. Like, what does, like, Eric Repair think about all this? That's what I want to know. Like, I, think he was fin- I think he was hot financing the whole thing. Because if they could crack this nut, like, there's all new. There's <laughs> a whole new preparation. <laughs> technique that he could do. Um, So then he tried another iteration that he called the flap wheel, which you can imagine is a wheel that has like multiple paddles on it. And therefore it gives like lots of- Oh, it could be like a bicycle. You could ride your bike and cook a chicken at the same (laughs) time. At the same time, that's right. Um, So it was a flap wheel, but the only thing flapping around was the chicken because- (laughs) (laughs) The chicken was like visibly pulverizing while it was getting flapped. <laughs> and then the temperature the temperature of the chicken started dropping. <laughs> it's like it was like an endothermic. Yeah. It's like cold fusion somehow. Right? Like, maybe it was exposed it was because it was pulverizing, it was more exposed to the air and the air was cooling it or something. Maybe, but all I know yeah. is he showed where it looked like a dead rat in in the road. So it was this not is also a waste of food, you know? Like this is this is upsetting. Yeah. And also like a full chicken is a hard a hard substance to cook. Like just try start with a breast or some right, like a boneless, wing. Go a with bone, a wing. Boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Like that's yeah. nice and or a payard, a nice payard. Maybe. <laughs> They're going about this all wrong. (laughs) From a culinary point of view. Right. So finally, that video ended in defeat after I had wasted 20 minutes of my life watching that video. And then there was a sequel. And I didn't even know there was a sequel. It came up in the like side of the YouTube. So he came up with a breakthrough after consulting with all his engineering and physics friends. It turned out that you could cook it. To a, I didn't really get the physics here, but like to a lower temperature for a longer time. So Mm -hmm. if you just sustain the heat, it's kind of like a sous vide, I guess. Like a sous vide, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you just, and he actually put it in a sous vide. It was like in a plastic casing. So he had worked out all the kinks, Um, and and sure enough, he cooked the chicken. 
Okay, by hitting he it in a sous vide bag. He cooked the chicken in a sous vide bag for a really long time, and he cal- it, it took 135,000 slaps. Um, Over how many days? And by that time, was the <laughs> wait, chicken rotten? No, no, he cal—wait, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I'm losing track of the numbers here. It took a lot of slaps. But here's the here's the punchline is that the chicken was cooked, but it was also riddled with fiberglass. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Why>? so, <laughs> because it kept getting hit by the by the flaps. Uh, uh, <laughs> and the flaps were made of fiberglass? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. So so there was a transference of material in addition um, to like maybe ex- that's what happened to the cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> they were slapping it with shrimp. That's how they cooked the cinnamon toast crunch. So anyway, I guess the moral of the story is just put the chicken just in the fucking oven. Or just throw it in throw it in a water Warm vent at, Yo- at Yellowstone Park like a normal person. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, there wait, so you have more more cooking news, right? Like Yeah, so there was so we had talked about the Yellowstone Park trio of men who like dipped a a chicken in a hot spring to cook it. But now there was um, a big volcanic eruption in Iceland this week. And I was looking, you know, I love to look at the slideshows of pictures of no. volcanoes. <laughs> and <laughs> and there's, a, you know, AJ likes to see the lava as well. So there's a slideshow on Reuters. And um, and Louisa, my college roommate, also sent me this photo there. And so there's great photos like lava's flowing. It's very interesting. And all of a sudden there's this picture of hot dogs laying on a bed of molten lava with the caption as if this is no big deal. A man prepares hot dogs at the volcanic <laughs> site on the Ray Canyas Peninsula following Friday's eruption in Iceland. Like as if this is That's nothing. Just, that, like yeah. it's just well, what when you people have it, do. When you have as many <laughs> volcanoes as Iceland does, like it's like having a nice day in the backyard. You go barbecue. Like it, Yeah. A, I mean they do love hot dogs in and Iceland. they do love volcanoes. Yeah, so it's two great things that taste, <laughs> taste great, great together. together. Yes, boy, we have a lot of cooking, yes. cooking content today. Yes, yes, I do have one more cooking related thing to to discuss. It's sort of like an aside, but um, the New York Times this week announced that they're stepping away from their cooking community Facebook group and they're handing it over to volunteer moderators. They had um, 80,000 members of this group and the Times had to pay these people to moderate the content. And it's been riddled with controversies involving race and class and privilege. And there were fights about the election and whether MSG allergies were really just racism in disguise and what constitutes a real charcuterie board. It got really wild. Like the debate was heated over that. Maybe the entrepreneur that you work with, Brian, she, will... maybe she may be, she may be trolling those boards for all I maybe, know. or maybe she could resolve this conflict, but the times released a statement and it said, one thing is clear. The interest in this group is about much more than the recipes or the New York times as it continues to grow and change. It should be run by people who are engaged and in and an informed part of the community. And so it is time to hand this group over to you, its members, <laughs> also known as goodbye. We we are stepping away. We're, We're out. We do. out. Drop mic. We out. Yes, we out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, uh, 
it got me thinking about um you know what we talked about <laughs> last, last week no this is, this reminds <laughs> me of the sea slugs right so yeah. for those of you who don't remember that my yup last week was to an t- article in the times about a new discovery of sea slugs that they decapitate themselves and the sea slug head like a lot of animals regenerates itself and it takes just a month to do that but the innovation here is that the body also stays alive for a few weeks um, and it's sort of sentient and the, the, the decapitated head kind of taunts the body, like goes around it and still like pokes in it. <laughs> dances around. <laughs> dances around. Like, like it's like a victory dance. And so, so I wonder if, if the New York Times was inspired to decapitate itself from the sea slug body of its cooking community on Facebook. <laughs> I think this is like just such a good apt theory. So I and, can ima- I can imagine the meeting, like the newsroom meeting, like the all hands meeting, where they're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, we've decided to decapitate ourselves from the Facebook, Facebook. cooking crew." Right. We since we wrote about this, we are eating our we're we're walking the walk. We are eating our own dog food, and we are being a sea slug. <laughs> We are decapitating <laughs> ourselves, and yet we will still <laughs> we we'll still dance around, <laughs> and poke it once in a while to make sure it's still alive. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. No. So there's that. So yeah, no, no pun that. Okay, we're running way over here. So over. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to the ups. These little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, I would love you to start. Yeah. So, um, have you heard of Fraid on HBO? F R A Y E D. No, there's so many shows now. I can't keep up. It's like so up your alley. So it's um a British comedy, and it's got a lot in common with um Schitt's Creek, but it's uh more like cringy. Um, it's yeah, about you had, you had me at Schitt's Creek and cringy. My God. It's yeah. Like it's staff. Let's have. I was flats, cackling, right? cackling like a maniac. Um, so this wealthy British uptight woman finds herself suddenly penniless and living with her trashy family in the middle of nowhere, um, Australia. So it's just got the like Australia British thing going. It is so hilarious it's on hbo everyone should watch it frayed f-r-a-y-e-d it's hysterical well if i wasn't going to be up all night editing this podcast i would watch it tonight uh good thank you for that um my yup goes to uh former senator bill nelson who has just been appointed by joe biden to lead nasa yeah and finally we have a cabinet level appointee who knows something about the subject that they are actually in charge of um, like I said, he's a former U.S. senator for many years from Florida. His district, he was a representative. He represents like the Cape Canaveral, Cape Kennedy district. Yeah. And he's been the biggest supporter of NASA. He uh, and, and most of all, he flew on the fucking space shuttle himself. Oh, right. so he's, he's right. So he knows he knows a thing or two. He ate his own dog food. That's right. Yeah. Now, he, he flew on the space shuttle Columbia on the last flight before the Challenger explosion. So that's he's an OG, but then the Columbia exploded, too. So whatever. (laughs) But um, but he's totally qualified to do this job, which is a a refreshing change um, for for everything in the world. (laughs) But what about Space Force? Is that going to be part of NASA or are they going to kill it? TBD. I'm not sure. Like, I think it should be part of the Coast Guard. 
The Coast Guard is yeah. under underappreciated. Like the space is like the ultimate coast in a sense. <laughs> it's the coast in the sky. <laughs> Okay, that about wraps up our nopes and our yups this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Oh, for the ratings, please. Like, we hope we get that terrible, like, troll rating taken down. But yeah, until we, so until we do, just please just flood flood the reviews with flood five the star zone <laughs> five stars if you if you've been like oh i like this podcast but i'm too lazy to write a rating this is your moment go in there go into your app and just give us a five star rating to undo you don't have to i mean the we love, horror that we love is comments troll. but if like you're not feeling creative to write a comment like just don't just give us just five stars that's it five you stars. don't have to say anything it it's takes all two numbers seconds. it's all just we will numbers. appreciate it yeah. All right. So thank you. It's uh, been a terrible, terrible week. Um, we hope to dig ourselves out of the Suez Canal by next week. Um, but it has been a fun podcast to record. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. 